0: Hi guys, welcome back to What's Holding You Back. Episode 18, we are excited to be back with another incredible episode to serve you so you understand your unlimited potential. Our primary mission and purpose behind recording these podcasts are to bring guests which can help you know that you are the creator of your life, you have full control over your life and you can live the life of your dreams by breaking past the limitations you have created for yourself
1: so today's topic is very critical especially in a world which is full of noise it is really easy to feel lost we often think when we are struggling it is better to keep quiet and struggle inside because that is true strength sometimes it's due to our circumstances be it because of your family situation or friend situation you just don't want to bother anyone Everyone goes through dark times, and even if social media makes us believe that everyone is living their perfect lives, it's really not true. We all go through our days, but that's what makes us human. We've all gone through dark times, but that's what makes us who we are today, right? And the point I'm trying to make is that it's so crucial to seek the right help when we're going through dark times. We need to break past the stigma that expressing ourselves and asking for help makes you weak, because it really doesn't asking for help actually makes you stronger it's a sign of a true warrior who wants to help and wants to change people's change their lives and other people's life as well even at times I've been at my lowest being really vulnerable here guys I nearly hit depression and there was at times where I was like this is getting really bad The point I'm trying to make is that it's so crucial to seek the right help when we're going through dark times. We need to break past the stigma that expressing of ourselves and asking for help makes you weak, because it doesn't. Asking for help actually makes you stronger. It's a sign of a true warrior who wants to help and wants to change their life and other people's life as well. Even at times, I've been at my lowest, being really vulnerable here, and nearly hit depression. And there were at times where I was like, This is getting really bad. Maybe I should tell my family. And then I had had a little voice saying, if I don't, then I will never be able to get get out of this. And I don't deserve a life full of suffering. I deserve happiness. So please, my message is, whether it is talking to your friends, or family, or is it ringing doctors and saying, I'm going through this? Can you help me get get therapy or counselling? Or if you see someone else struggling, if you're not struggling, someone else, if you see your friends, your family, please signpost them because we are all in this together and you're never alone. So today's guest is a very special guest and is a true inspiration to the youth. He's originally from Swat Valley, Pakistan. He studies religion, philosophy and ethics at King's College, London. He also is a co-founder of NFT project called Less Neanderthals. Uh, and was the Vice President and Events Manager of the Student Society at King's. He also trains martial arts and loves other sports too. And if you haven't seen his um, Instagram, he does all fitness challenges as well, which is quite exciting. Uh, and fun fact, he is the brother of Malala. She's always been my inspiration. So please help me ve- welcome Kushal Yusuf Zai. Super grateful to have you here.
2: Thank you so much for having me, guys. Very happy to be here.
0: Awesome. So let's start with the first question. So can you please tell us a bit more about your journey and also your A-level struggles and university experiences so far?
2: So I think to where the struggle started with A-levels and university, especially A-levels, is in 2013, I think 2013, 2015, there was assassination attempt on my sister Malala Yousafzai. And obviously, you know, that had a massive mental health impact on me. And when I moved here, it was very difficult. I was getting Cs and D's. Uh, I thought I was no good. My confidence wasn't that great throughout my life anyways. But yeah, it, it was it was um it was a very tough change because I was doing it in my third language. Um, and I felt very inferior because you feel like an alien. You you can't communicate with anyone. I knew like a bit of English but as time went on, and we, you know, I got to around year eleven, I started taking my studies seriously, and you know, there, there was a fear of regret. So I actually ended up doing well in my GCSEs, but that was a lot of hard work. And because of fear of regret, I, um, I ended up managing managing to do well. But when I got into A levels, and that fear of regret went away, and my past trauma caught up with me, um, all the things PTSD that didn't get addressed. You know life took a, such a huge you know turn and none of these things got processed and because I was I think 13 or 12 at the time so now I was like in 16 17 17 years old and you know you understand much more like you understand the 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 magnitude of the situation like how I nearly lost a life and you know that was that was a very hard fact to just come in terms with and um and all of that stuff bundled up there were also things that I could have done, like, for example, asking for help, which Anusha, you mentioned, things like that, um, that I didn't do. Um, I didn't sleep on time. My diet wasn't right. I gave up exercise. I exercised before and I ended up, you know, fully failing my A levels. Um, but then it was a retake year, is where I f- truly found myself again. Uh, when I failed my A levels, it was, you know, that failure was. At the time, like before my exams, I thought this is like the worst thing that can ever happen to me because I had so much expectations of myself and it crippled me. The, f- the fear of failure literally crippled me. And I remember the day before my exam, I was just in my bed shaking. I did not do any revision two weeks prior to my A-level exams. And <laughs> yeah, I had just given up. Um, and I felt like a critter and, you know, and it was, it was very hard and I wasn't telling any of my friends imagine I was going through, I was getting flashbacks, I was getting, all of these things were going on, and I barely spoke to anyone, because I wanted to look like the tough guy, I wanted to have it together, and they were doing well, and I didn't want to make them feel bad as well, which is, again, like, if I put myself in their position, if they're going to struggle, if they're struggling, I'm happy, I'd rather be, I'd rather struggle with them, and be sad with them, than be happy on my ones, and of course, you're young, you don't understand that, and my a-levels went really bad um then in the retake is where you know uh i was like i asked myself i was like what do you want from life and i'll you know they were i could have gone to some universities but i really wanted london and i was like nah like i can't set up for average i have to have another go at this i need to address these things these things i could have done better these uh things i didn't accept that i couldn't control either i was daydreaming and, you know trying to control things like the past changing the past and things like that and and were just holding me back um unfortunately um but you know uh when I started the retake here I found love for education and when you find love for something before I didn't have that then you find different kind of passion and another thing I learned over my retake year that if you give yourself a chance um like, okay life only gives you second chances if you give yourself one first and this was the biggest learning lessons because I thought I wasn't going to get any offers, none of that, if I retake and if I want to go to London. But I ended up actually even getting offers from universities and through hard work, discipline in my retake year, because now I had more time, time to talk to people, talk to what I've gone through with them. Um, and, you know, just slow down. I think we all, like life has put, the, like society has put these weird expectations on us by the age of 19 we need to have done this by the age of 22 you need to have finished uni by the age of 25 you need to have i don't know gone married like we live till on average we live till 73 years old like take your time and that this is one of the biggest takes away i had when i took my time a lot of things started to make sense so this is a bit about my um academic journey in a in a nutshell
0: um and it's so inspiring um like, you know, how everything was shattered, how everything kind of changed uh, where you st- when you started seeking help from people. And you're completely right in terms of, you know, society sets um, norms that, you know, if you don't do A-levels or if you don't complete education, then you are classed as a failure. Uh, But that Mm -hmm. is not the case. That is not the case. We have seen so many entrepreneurs or so many dropouts that that have done so well. You talk about Bill Gates, you talk about, you know, so many like the the chain makers that that might have not done that well at studies, but have done well at life. I think it's very important to remember that uh, even if you don't do well at study, it doesn't really mean that you won't do well at life. Because those are two different games, right? They're two different things, right? Um, so I was I was the same as well. Like you know, I wasn't that good at studies either. Um, and um, even in Pakistan, my tuition teachers one told me once told me that you know you can never go to university. Um, mm-hmm. And and that as a kid really hurts you uh, because you know you need that enthusiasm, you need that encouragement um, from your peers to, to, to get to the next level. So I, I, I think, I think, um, I think as a kid, I think it's really important, uh, to kind of understand that education is not the only avenue. Of course, education is important and should be considered, but there are different avenues. It doesn't mean that if you don't do good at studies that you will fail at life. I think it's very important. Um, and I love the point where you said that, you know, it's very important to ask for help as well. Um, yeah when you're struggling, because that's a verse, because, you know, you, you, you believe that you are strong. You can, you can, you can, you know, you can handle everything by yourself, but you need to remember that, you know, if you share things, it will become easier. Um, and you have your friends, you have your family that really loves you. Right. And that, that yeah. wants to help you. Um, and uh, I think it's important. And of course, I mean, there are other um, you know avenues to ask for help as well. Um, like, you know, mental health organizations that are out there. There's so many, you know, uh, avenues where you can kind of seek help, uh, but it's important to seek that help. Um, um, and uh, I guess um, uh, we, we really wish you all the best in terms of your, like your your next journey. And I guess you've done so well. And I think the the challenge that you face makes you stronger as well at the same time.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, in at the time you think whatever happens to you, you think this is the worst thing that's, you know, that can ever happen. But in retrospect, there's a lot to learn from that. I think this is one thing we can always learn from a setback um, is yeah. it's a learning opportunity. And like you said, we shouldn't put ourselves in a box. Like, you know, people like, there are a lot of successful people that haven't taken the traditional rule. Even mm-hmm. if you look at Jay Shetty's journey, he went and became a monk. <laughs> and, you know, he came back and look at him now. Like he didn't, a lot of people thought, like I, I was listening to his book that, you know, that he was going to be a failure. He was never going to get a job things like that, I think it's very important to follow your heart. And another weird thing I've noticed is when you say things like that, like follow your heart, follow your passion, even though they work, they're like, for me, they're like fundamental th- truths. Sometimes they like these things that work are quoted cringy, which is very unfortunate, you know? And I- I've come across this weird thing recently that anyone on a self-improvement journey like there's like resistance from the people as well. I don't know if you guys have noticed or not, but the people around you, because you are, let's say, for example, you start exercising and all your friends don't exercise. Now they feel weird. They feel bad about themselves. So they don't want to see that change in you. So that also holds us back. I think being around the right people is very important. If I think one of the things people can do is yes, it's good to seek, like, you know, it's essential to like, it's, probably the most important thing to ask for other people's help, you know, but also cutting out the people that are draining you, cutting out the bad things as well. Like if your friends, whenever you succeed, they don't feel happy for you. They gossip behind your back, things like that. Like um, and surrounding yourself with a stronger circle. That's, that's also very important. Having a strong support uh, circle and, yeah, uh, and you're absolutely right. Whatever you said, I totally agree with it. You've summarized it very well.
1: No, absolutely right. And I think I could actually relate. I was getting really emotional when you were telling your story because mm. it was like you're repeating kind of my story to myself. Because mm. when I did A levels, um, they did one A level and I I failed it. And I, I was already in low, very low confidence at that point. I was a very shy person, didn't have any confidence in myself, anyways. And this was just a booster on top that I failed my level and I was like all right I actually genuinely thought that um I'm done with life like that's it I'm not gonna go like that basically because society has taught us that grades are everything like you have to get a stars a's and if you get that you're a good person you're really smart other than that you you're really you you can't get anywhere so at that point I was like that means I'm not going to be able to get a job that means I can't get to university that means I'm just done with like I couldn't sleep and I was going to get my a level a result Mm -hmm. I couldn't sleep the whole night because I already knew that I I failed it because I was so stressed like in the exam because there was so much pressure of doing yeah. so well that you know so i i just want to ask you a follow-up question to us it. like why why do we think like why do you think grades define us like why why do we think that we have to follow a certain timeline like
2: hmm. i think these are systems we have created in order to seek out the best talent i think um but I, I think humans are very impatient. They're very impatient, you know, creatures, they we want everything. I mean, if you look at our social media habits, we want instant gratification all the time. The second, mm-hmm. I think the same with running a civilization, you know, um, for example, you know, um, there's very high demand for these this I think I might be wrong. This is just my own reflection right now I'm making. There's a lot of high demand for these jobs and these people want the best of the people. And mm. it's very competitive. It's very competitive. And if, it's, if they make you feel like, okay, if you miss the board, then it's gone. When in reality, people are so different just because medicine isn't for you. That, that doesn't mean you can't do an, another or, or you can't go into another career or taking a couple of years out can actually give you a lead, can make you an exceptional doctor. Like I noticed, I am mean, sure you noticed with your A-level setback as well. I actually get ended up getting a head start over my peers. Not that it matters, not that it's about a race or thinking. That's what happened. No, sh- no should I be doing that, anyways, comparing myself because that was one of the things that also let me down. But I think it's lack of patience from society towards themselves and also towards other to our future generations. We should make the education system fun. It is not fun, unfortunately. And I think it's very important that we fit the needs of different individuals because everyone's so different and make setbacks, make uh, mistakes a Like it should be encouraged because my setback is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me, failing my A-levels. Anusha, you wouldn't change it for a thing, would you? No. Exactly, exactly. For me, it's the greatest thing that was literally the U-turn of my life. But at the time, it was the worst thing that ever happened. But I had the right people around me to actually not view me as a failure because I was lucky in that sense. So we need to be the source of that. We need to tell, it's, it's, Our mission should be that we, we need to tell our peers, our friends, the future, the future generations, that it's okay to mess up. What's important is you learn from it. You learn from it, pick yourself back up again, and everything will work out. Just keep learning. That's what should be encouraged.
1: Exactly. And you know what? Setbacks actually make you learn about you so much. You, you find out what you're doing wrong. You find out you reflect on to become a better person. And like you said you got a lead yeah. when you when you took that gap. You found out what am I doing wrong? You you healed yourself in a way, right? You 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 reflected yeah. on yourself. I think these limitations when things don't work out your way for example I quit my job recently like that was a very big step that I took because it wasn't making me happy but that actually has made me really really happy right now because Mm -hmm. I exactly know what I want to do I know I found out other ways to counter things you know I learned a bit more about myself and I think when you do these things it really really helps you um yeah but let's actually dive into the, the today's topic we're having a really good conversation but um yeah. so why is it actually ask, why is asking for help really important when you are going through dark times and how can we seek help
2: um why is it very important uh freud says unexpressed emotions never die so when you talk to your friends i'll give my life example um uh, so when I had this all this storm in me, I was going through all of these tough things when I was quiet about it because I wanted to be a macho man. And, you know, of course I'm tough. I'm a lone wolf. I can do it all my ones. <laughs> it doesn't work. I got humbled. I went into deep depression. I, I really did. Um, so when you, when I started to speak into my friends and, you know, s- stop pretending um, and thanks to like Simon Sinek, I had the, you know uh, I was lucky to meet him. Um, he gave me this advice. He was like Kushal. The advice, the one thing I learned in life that changed my life, or the advice I was given. I don't, I don't know if it was a, a advice given to him, but he said that Kushal, the best thing I've learned is that if you don't know what you're doing, just ask for help. Do not pretend. And when I stopped pretending and I started asking for help, that like, guys, you know, my past has caught up with me. Um, you know, I'm daydreaming. I, I don't. I'm not sleeping well. My confidence is low. When I, when I started saying all of these things, I, I started healing. And also I tried, you know, I went counseling as well a uh, couple of times. And that also helped, although I should have, you know, stuck with that a bit longer. I didn't because I thought like, you only need to seek out counseling or therapy when you're going through a bad time. That should not be the case. Literally therapy is the most under, this is what I realized. Therapy is the most underrated thing ever. We go to our phys- a gym, to our physique to keep us healthy. Well, what about the gym for our mind? Therapy is literally the gym for our mind. Why are we neglecting that? Why are we thinking the mind is any different to our body? It's, you know, and it, it, this is literally the driver. You can have the best body, but if your mind isn't right, everything's going to fall apart. So this is like your engine. This is your fundamental. This is your, you know, your foundation. You have to take care of it. You have to take care of your mind. And Sorry, I kind of got lost. Uh what was the question again? <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I think you actually covered it really well. Like I
2: covered it, okay.
1: Yeah, you did. It was like like why why do we need to seek for help? And how can we? And I think you you kinda you kinda covered it. And I think it's more about like being aware and you're right you were you were aware that you needed help and you you went out there and you know as you said therapy isn't needed just for trauma or when something really really bad happens it can be if you're struggling and if you think you need it I've gone to therapy multiple times and I think as I said in the beginning introduction it's like it's it's a sign of a warrior like you know I I was like to my family I was like I need therapy and my family was very supportive. They were like, sure, like, we'll help you out and we'll get you therapy, you know? Like, it, it's actually, you know, breaking past that stigma that there's something mm-hmm. wrong with you if you get in therapy. That means you're, you you want to improve as a person, you want to improve, you want to achieve exactly. things. And, you know, if you, because we have gone through all this, now we hate to inspire other people and, you know, help other people out with their stories. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah no,
2: definitely. And I think you mentioned something I really want to touch on is we have to change the narrative. That is actually, it takes more strength to not pretend. It took more strength for me to not pretend. And I, I could have pretended that, all oh, things were fine. You know, things would have even gotten worse. Maybe so bad that, I, you know, you never know about life. Um, uh, so I think we have to switch narrative because it's harder to speak. So that's more courageous. We think, oh, just holding our emotions back. No, it's the opposite. And I think educating people about that is extremely important, and I think one one thing, you know how we say, like, oh, Rome wasn't built in a day, but Rome wasn't built alone either, so in order to build your mind, we have to ask for other people's help, Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, you covered it very well, covered it very well.
0: Um, I just want to add like I love the way that you said that you know we put the gym and build our body physically but you know we don't usually work on our mind and that is like the most important asset that we have um, yeah. and if we are not happy from our minds uh, everything around us will struggle um, our relationship will struggle our, our careers Damn. will struggle like every single thing that our lives surrounds with will struggle so I think it's very important to kind of accept that you are struggling uh, and it's okay to do it like you know there are so many people that have gone through it in past and the help is available you know so it's better to kind of accept that you know you are struggling and there is help out there and seek for that help because what that will do is that that will improve your life that will make your life better um, yeah, and, and you will be a lot more successful than than 100%. You, know, you are. So I think it's better. I think it's very important to kind of accept. And um, you know, our Asian society sometimes uh, would you know not regard therapy as the most most important like avenue. But I think I think it's very important mm. to kind of accept it as as normal because because I think it kind of helps you to kind of understand your thought process, whatever you're going through, um, and really helps you to kind of, you know, uh, uh, understand the next steps, how you can improve yourself mentally. So I think it's very important to kind of normalize it as a society.
2: 100%. And I think uh, humans underestimate that, how no one is safe from depression. You know, in our life, you're going to have setbacks. And if you don't have the right support, you will most likely get depressed okay, let's say it's not setbacks. You're going to lose people. You know, death is inevitable. How are you going to react to that? Are you going to have a support system in that? You know, in, in scenarios like that, people need therapy more than ever. And I think empathizing with people and no one is safe from it. And, you know, sometimes our past generations have different way of dealing with, with it. That doesn't mean the, the younger generation should follow the same. The challenges are very different. You know, the... I mean men's suicide is one of the highest thing you know suicide is on a high especially after COVID so like you said we need to normalize it that it's okay to you know it's okay to feel vulnerable and ask for help and I think you guys are doing an incredible thing with this podcast and you guys are you know I'm proud of you guys for taking this initiative
0: oh thank you means a lot um and I think just to add, add to your point and then we can move to the next question is that I think it's very important to accept who you are as you are and love yes. yourself as you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I was mm-hmm. watching this amazing Instagram um, video and, and the guy was saying that every morning wake up and say, I love you. It, it sounds mm-hmm. quite, you know, uh, it's cringy, but I think <laughs> it just like, it just like accepting yourself as you are, I think is very important because if you love yourself as, as who you are, then you can give that emotion, that love to someone else, you know, like your friends or family or whoever. So I think it's very important to accept yourself as you are. So yeah, let's take this amazing conversation further and ask you the next question. Um, Why do we struggle with asking for help? And how can we break past stigma that asking for help is a sign of weakness? I think we covered that Briefly, covered maybe do you want to add anything more to it
1: yeah that or if you want to also we'll move to the next question add that next question as well like like if you share your more if you have any other other person experiences as well where you where you did vent out to seek for help or where you didn't or if you've seen it or if you've seen someone else you can maybe you know combine it all together
2: hmm. I think to get rid of the stigma um like we said one needs to have the courage to embrace this story mm-hmm. you know um like anusha you are uh and so so are you um, um i think embracing our story and embracing that you know sometimes what happens is that when we are in the dark spot and we get better we kind of look down upon the, our old self but we have to give that person credit because they got us to this better position situation and i think kind of like getting away from that like oh no nah, man I'm always being good like this and I never got depressed and you know not being true about it not being true that okay I was vulnerable because if you are showing this fake demeanor to your peers and thing, it's going to be tough for them so I think to break the stigma is own the good of you and you know own the what we call bad of you as well just own it all because it makes you uh, much of a better person in my opinion it adds more dimensions to you it, you know truth is more beautiful even if it's sad in my opinion um so yeah that's what i would say
1: yeah and you have to walk with pride i think so you just have to walk with pride take your story as like you know like take it as your um Take it as your advantage, I would say. Like, you know, when you Absolutely. talk, when you say it to other people, be like, I own this because, you know, you've gone through so much, so, so much to where you yeah. are here. We sometimes, you know, forget to celebrate our achievements. To, you know, we've gone through so much past trauma, so much, so much like yeah. depression, anxiety, whatever. Like, you know, maybe you're still struggling today, but that doesn't fail to recognize all of the things you've overcome. So I think yeah. whenever, and I think, you have healed yourself when you are able to like, you know, how we're talking right now about our past trauma, past things, we are saying it so confidently saying like, you know, how much we have overcome yeah. and we're helping other people overcome it. So I think that just means that, you know, you've overcome it and you now want to like, you know, yes. help other people.
0: Absolutely right. I think I was at the final point. Um, I completely agree that, you know, and, and, and your point and your past kind of, you know, whatever you go through in your past, that helps you to become a better person, helps you become a stronger person. Um, and if you wouldn't have gone through that struggle, you wouldn't be the person that you're right now. No, no way. Um, so I think, I think sometimes universe, God, you know, throws you those challenges because you're capable of handling mm-hmm. those. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And I think it's very important to, to embrace that and, and accept it um and you know and 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 move on with pride that you know if you can accomplish those things you can do anything in life
1: so moving on can you please tell me about your childhood experience with women getting education and how easy was it to seek help for them at that time
2: um so i'm from swat valley pakistan to give some context um I think uh, in 2019, um, no, not 2019, 2009, uh, the Taliban banned girls' education. And it was, you know, um, very dark times, extremely dark times for all young women. um, And, you know, it was very hard to ask for help. If you spoke out for girls' education, you know, you were given death threats. Like my dad had a lot of death threats because he spoke about girls' education and their rights. And, in that kind of time, um, I think one, uh, you have to salute the journalists and the people who actually spoke out. Um, but it was very, I don't know how much I can say, but it was very tough. You're like your life was on the line and asking for help in that sense. Um, because getting the story out there, you know, when the when let's say if you're going on media speaking for your rights like these people would talk they did a lot a lot of target killing and you know in the next day let's say a lot of some of my dad's friends that spoke against taliban they were found like you know they were beheaded in the square like a set town center square yeah it, the next day um and a lot of that happened and you know and that's you know when it when it comes to that it's just i think it's either your kids won't have any future. Like this is what my dad said. Like for our future, like he had he had to speak the truth because if he didn't, it was a lose lose situation. And um, yeah, I I don't know. Do you want to follow up on it? Like if you.
1: Yeah, firstly, like, I can only imagine what you went through. Like you know, now your journey makes a lot sense like why you struggled because the amount of trauma you must have had with seeing all this in your childhood it's not easy like you know like I can't relate because I haven't gone through that like you know but I can only imagine what what it must have been like um mm. and again like more power to your dad and your sister and like you know to actually raise their voices because no. It's very easy to, you know, be like, okay, it's fine, like we'll deal with it. But it's only heroes who be like, you know, we want to do something about this. And it's like those journalists, and it's like your dad's friend, even though they got, they got murdered or whatever, like you know. But yeah. because of that, now things have changed. That action, things have changed. Yeah. Do you want to add anything or something? Absolutely,
0: I think um, a lot of people might just settle and just say, you know, that's what it is. But I think it's it takes a lot of bravery because your life is on risk, right? Your life is yeah. on risk, um, and um, you know if and and you could be potentially killed as well. So I think it's 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 a brave step to even raise those points in front of the wider world, in front of the wider media. Yeah. Um. So I think I that's why I completely understand in terms of like you know the the trauma that you went through as well, um, that kind of really would have impacted a lot. But I guess uh, I'm really glad that your dad and your sister and your family kind of spoke out because now because of that, the things have changed. A lot of women are getting educated now. Um, mm-hmm. And I think uh, for any change maker, if you look at anyone like, you know, National Mandela or, you know, Imran Khan uh, or any of the, the big influencers, uh, people that have changed the world, they raise their voice, right? Uh, and if you yeah. raise your voice, that's how the world can be changed because um, because you're not the spectators anymore. You are the ones that are actually the change makers, yeah. um, and um, Malala's uh, you know story kind of really inspires us in terms of how she fought for her life and how she yeah. is now changing the lives of girls in Pakistan as well as across across the globe.
2: Yeah, you you have to save you know save your own people and save yourself. Um. And at that time, the best way to save yourself was to highlight the, you know, the ignorance of the, of the Taliban, basically, how they were trying to ruin literally generations after generations, girls not be, being able to go to school and people getting bombed, anyone speaks the truth, getting killed. I mean, the only way to fight against it is by telling the truth. And, you know, like you said, like people who have brought great changes, Nelson Mandela, where it's Martin the King, they had to make a lot of sacrifices and you know there are other incredible people that have also made you know incredible sacrifices my, you know my sister is one of them like she's, she's gone through so much and you know um, and you know God has made a source of hope and a worldwide education you know it's, it's like an absolute honor for me like she's literally the face of education something that the Taliban tried to take away from her She's literally the face of that now, and you know I'm just so proud of my parents, my uh, my siblings that you know we stayed tr- strong through this um, through these adversities and did the right thing, spoke the truth. It's as simple as that. Speak the truth, and you know you will. Because let's say you don't speak the truth, let's say you you stay quiet, who's gonna come and save you then? You know, mm-hmm. and you will have that guilt to hold you know in your heart that okay you could have done something about it and you didn't um so it's always better to speak the truth my dad speaks way better about this (laughs) but uh, yeah um he will tell you about the importance of truth like no one else because he's one of the he's one of the greatest people i know and um Mm -hmm. and you know he inspires me my family really inspires me and yeah Absolutely. absolutely no i just want
1: to say which you you explain you're doing really well as well like the way you're explaining it like as well like you know i'm sure you've done a great job as well i just want to add to that absolutely
0: thank absolutely. you so much absolutely and i think as i say that god cannot change the lives of people un- unless they change their lives
2: yes Yes, that's in the Quran. Yes, Yes. that's one of the things I learned over the retake year here as well. I I was like, I have to save my life because God says I only save those who save themselves. Um, Definitely, definitely.
0: Yeah, Um, and I really wish that, you know, your sister and yourself and your family uh, continue to kind of inspire uh, younger generations, especially
2: the,
0: the young girls, because you need to understand that if the young girls are educated, you are kind of impacting the entire generation, right?
2: One hundred percent. That's your fifty percent population. That's yeah. another fifty percent of us. I think if our, if we want to want to see Pakistan prosper, girls' education is literally at the top of that. Um, you know, we can't just neglect the fifty percent. And I think we need to have empathy as men. You know, we want we we love privileges. You know, we love to be able to go to school, go out on the street, and. I think what we need to teach our community in Pakistan uh, is empathy. It, it, all around the world, to be honest. Empathy is so important. When you don't want to what what you don't want to happen to you you can't wish that on someone else. And I think emotional education is something I really want to focus on inshallah someday in Pakistan. And I mean, that's what you guys are providing. This is emotional education. We are sharing emotions back and forth, and people will take something away from it. And, um, yeah, emotional education is extremely important, um especially now in the social media age. People are behind the screen, writing hate comments, making up uh cyberbullying, things like that. Uh, you know there's so much negativity, and we expose ourselves to negativity as well, so also education on actually how to use social media, how to protect yourself um because there are a lot of activists that want to do good. And, you know, they're discouraged because when you go on and speak the truth, you will be ridiculed, like, you know, the of you could get death threats, you could get cyber bullied. And my family has gone through all of this, these things. Uh, I mean, when we moved here, you know, uh, a couple of years later, there was, you know, the amount of propaganda is fixed, stuff that was out there that, oh, it never happened. Uh, The incident never happened. And, you know, uh, they did it to go abroad, like, I was like, I was thinking, it. I was like, do you guys understand for the first two years here, I was miserable, I was crying every night every other night, like, you guys don't know you have no idea what I've gone through you have no idea, I miss my home and here you are commenting all the way from, I don't know from your computer, little laptop of what we, what, what we actually, yeah. like you don't know us, you don't know us and it's unfortunate because they've been fed up certain narrative and propaganda so again, I have to show empathy from my side too, that I feel sorry for you, that you think this way, because you've been fed misinformation. And I think teaching, I think one of the things I want to do in future, like I said, in most education in a critical education, focusing on critical education, that when you receive information, you question it, because we are all susceptible to that. I'm not going to say I'm any different. If I'm here, and I don't know, in this country, and there's a scenario where I'm constantly fed fake education, for example, about the Russia-Ukraine war, or the Afghanistan situation. I will believe that because that's the information I've been fed. Um, so empathy is so important. And I think to make Pakistan a better place, we need to have empathy.
0: Absolutely, and just want to add one more point, and we move to the next question. That I think education is kind of changing as to what it was before, because the rise of ed- right. Right, right of social media and you know other technology uh, innovation, and I think as the technology grows further with the rise of uh, like AI, and you talk about other uh, you know latest inventions, yeah. I think it's very important to educate uh, the younger generations on the new areas of. Um, uh, technology as well like social media bullying and stuff like that and make them aware that this is what exists and how to handle it Uh, because 100% because a lot of kids kind of go through uh, so uh, bullying but then they don't know whom to go to right so I think we should have right avenues to help them Um, so they feel like you know they are not alone and they help have help available like for example when we were young we didn't knew that you know there was help available but i think with the rise of social media rise of internet i think that can easily be available to them
2: yeah social media could literally change your life you can make build a career on it you can use it in so many positive aspects i'm not going to sit here and say oh social media is bad social Mm -hmm. media is what i used to you know be, be be connected on social media but if you're let's say feeding into these negative comments you're getting and all of these things, it will destroy your mental health. It will destroy anyone's mental health. And I think educating people on that, especially these young generations, they have, you know, they have mobile phones at the age of eight. Like I mean, like even parents need to be educated on this. Like they, you know, that there's so many avenues. But the thing is one also like we are at the end of the day humans and we are figuring out we have not a lot of figures. Bigot- so I'm not gonna sit here and judge like, oh, we are so no no. Yeah. humanity has come very far I'm very optimistic about the future although I'm highlighting that we have come there's a book called Factfulness when we look at child expectancy, when we actually look at uh, sorry, the life expectancy, even uh, how many used to die in childbirth, uh, children used to die, uh, was crazy the airplane crashes um, uh, what else girls education has actually drastically improved, so many things are improving Just because I'm highlighting these, you know, I'm kind of nitpicking, um, but these are important because these are still issues, but I am very optimistic for the future, especially, you know, the young people like you guys uh, that are bringing good change and, you know, they're very, very bright people in Pakistan that are probably way more skilled than us, way more talented than us, better than us in every aspect, but they just need the opportunities. And... You know, that, that's one has to recognize that, that we're not any different. Again, that comes to empathy. We're not any different to, you know, even those the most ignorant people. We're not any different to them. It's just they're in an unlucky s- scenario where they don't have these support systems. They haven't had the life we have had, the support, the education, things like that. And it's our responsibility to whatever, even if they give a negativity. Nah, just take a step back that if I was to, for example... If I go on my way to Anusha, why a hate comment on your thingy? I must have a lot of things wrong with me. Otherwise, why would I do that? Why would I not focus on my life? I have my own problems to deal with it. So why should I care about what you are doing? I have my own problems. So, you know, when you actually flip the script like that, which is exactly what I did, and then my skin became thick as a whale, um it really changed thing, and i started feeling stopped feeding into these negativities and all these things and just started living my life i was like yeah living up to our own expectations if at the end of the day, if your intentions are pure, the whole world could think you're wrong but you'll be fine
1: which exactly. is the case exactly and you know there's like hurt people hurt. So if there's someone's being mean, yes. to, they're going through so much things personally you don't even know that's why i don't take any hatred or someone if someone's mean to me i'm like I wish you well because you're going through so much things personally. Yeah,
2: exactly. That's the best way of dealing with it. That's perfect.
0: Absolutely. So let's take the conversation further and ask our uh, next question. So can you touch on uh, Malala's story and how she dealt with the challenges she faced in Pakistan while standing up for change in education? I think you briefly kind of touched upon it, uh, but maybe just try explaining a bit more and then you're going to go from there.
2: So which like there were a lot of different challenges i mean like i said like there was this uh fake fake like uh propaganda against uh people making up stuff that was very obviously would have been difficult for her um i haven't really asked these questions because uh i think she would know this better way better uh because you know we're very normal among each other this is a different like i forget that she's malala yousafzai you know (laughs) like for me she's my sister and like um but if you could like narrow it down, like in what, like in terms of what type of challenges, is more of a culture change or like which, which, which area. Focused. I
1: think you talked about the beginning story. How about like the trans- transitioning, like, you know, how was that for you and as your family as well? Like, you know, how you moved from Pakistan to here? Like, how was that?
2: It was, I mean, it was one of the hardest thing ever because, um... When we moved here, boy, so, okay. So my sister moved here first for her health care. Then me and my family moved. Um, and when we moved here, uh, it was a different culture. For six months, I didn't have any school or any education. Um, my sister was still in a critical, you know, critical condition. Um, so there was a lot of uncertainty about her health. Like, you know, we were worried, like, you know, is she going to be the same Malala again? These were the phase we were going through. Um, and I think as time went on and, you know, when I started going into school um, and this new culture, uh, started integrating into new culture and how I clashed with my father as well, because, you know, he's been brought up differently in a um, completely new culture. So, you know, we had a back and forth. Um also it was a massive but that got better you know we started communicating with each other uh again we asked for help we asked for uh asked, her name is dr fiona uh she actually was one of the people who saved my sister's life she was in um raw pindi i think that's where the operation happened um yeah she was one of the people who uh, she was british and she helped us guide get you know guide through the new culture And I think it was extremely tough for my mom as well because she had no friends here, uh, couldn't speak the language again. Um, But, you know, I'm so proud of her because again, you have to save yourself in these scenarios. She started to, you know, she she got a uh, tuition for English and she's been doing it for years now, more than five, six years now. And she can go shopping. She can go uh, to doctors on her ones. Uh, She understands, she knows how to use a phone and, Although it was hard, like, um, um, you know, we we did well adapting, but it was extremely hard. Um, I, I, my memory is very bad because yeah. all this trauma yeah. it really shakes up your memory because you repress. So that, that the times we are talking now, like the the, the the by the way, there's nothing wrong with your question. You you're asking great questions. Is these things I've not really reflected on? So this why I'm like kind of no that's kind of through them because you repress you want to repress all that trauma all these things so you kind of forget how hard it was and I think sometimes if you remember how hard it was you might become even actually more grateful and more happy because sometimes we forget the struggles we have gone through like mm-hmm. sometimes the, here and there I might worry about something silly and I'm like yo the old Husha will look back look be looking at you and he will be like what an idiot like, look at you, like you, you're in university, family, every, health, every, everything's well. What have you got to complain about? So my memory is kind of short on that, but the transition was very tough. Um, and I think one of the things I noticed in school that was culturally very hard is uh, English. English and the way you spoke, people made fun of you. That's for my accent, some people made fun of me. And I think it's one of the most... Um, demoralizing things ever because it's your voice like they're trying to although they might not have the intention they're young they're dumb they don't get it but it can literally take your voice away our voice is what makes us you know me because i'm speaking to you like you realize how detrimental that can be to a kid and i just stopped caring about what you know after a couple years i stopped caring about how i sounded or whatever whatever people thought I just I just stopped started being me, and I think language was one of the hardest uh, challenge when we moved here. Um, and I think I was lucky that I eventually I found friends that could be just myself with, and yeah, just develop my personality and become the person who I want to become. So yeah, that's-
0: absolutely. I think all the challenges that you've had has made you that person that you are today. So I think you should be kind of really proud of how far you have come. And I would just kind of briefly touch on another point and then we move on to the last question. Um, Is that I think I completely agree in terms of the language because when when I came uh, to UK, uh, I was laughed at as well when I used to read in the class because my accent was different. I didn't need to pronounce words properly. I had to go to a separate reading class because mm. I can completely relate. I mean, in terms of what you went through, when I used to get presentation, I, I was laughed at. Because of my accent that's why i just kept quiet i didn't want to kind of be myself because
2: mm.
0: because i thought that you know um maybe i i don't really fit in in that society oh you, know, you, you start to question yourself
2: whether you know yeah it's whether, dark yeah it's, it's very dark hard. it's hard yeah it's hard and and i think it really annoys me with that why is there more emphasis on how we sound than what we actually saying
0: yeah I'm they
2: should to. people should care more about what the person is actually saying than how good they sound absolutely so yeah, yeah. it's unfortunate but i'm very proud of you as well
0: yeah. you know
2: you're very articulate eloquent you didn't let that stop you yeah. and you should be very proud of yourself for that too
0: thank, thank you for that and i think we should always remember as a society uh, last point uh, is that um i think english is just a language Right. It's just yes. it's just a language like other languages, Portuguese or, you know, uh, French or uh, whatever, Spanish or Urdu or Hindi. It's just a language. Right. Yeah. I don't know why we just make so much fuss out of it. It's just a language to communicate, uh, that, you know, so I think it should be considered as that rather than as something fancy, which can include accents and stuff like that. I think it should be yeah. just a
2: language. Yeah. Definitely, I think this is why diversity needs to be encouraged, yeah. even in our countries, UK here as well. Because at the end of the day, the world doesn't revolve around you. You are not like if you go to another country, you're gonna not gonna speak their language perfectly. You'll be completely oh. clueless. And you know, empathizing with, uh, for example, foreigners and immigrants like me can really like if if someone doesn't like let's say, uh, see, I don't I don't know how the people the I think sometimes they were even Asian boys, like their parents actually spoke with an accent and they would make fun of me. And I was thinking like, yo, your parents speak that way. Like, do mm-hmm. you, like, it, there's this inferiority complex and it's just so weird. And, but but it's, we do the same thing in Pakistan when someone white, white, we, we meet someone white and we will start making fun of how they speak Pashto, <laughs> how they speak Udu. So it's just like, I think empathy is important. Like one should respect, you should have the utmost respect that this person is learning your language out of all the languages out there. And that's a very hard thing to do. If they understood how hard it was and how much courage it takes, they wouldn't make fun of you. But again, it all comes down to, at the end of the day, empathy. We need to teach empathy in our schools. It's not just about science, maths, English. We need to teach emotional skills because that will that's what's going to make our life more meaningful our, our life more our lives more happier but unfortunately we have neglected that but you know attention is coming to it a lot of people are starting to speak about it there's a lot of great books on it um and i think it's something um that you guys again with this podcast are doing and i'm you know i'm hopeful for the future the change is coming changes coming inshallah
0: absolutely absolutely and i think i think Let's me move on to the next question yeah. <laughs> i'm going to prompt you <laughs> again again okay so our our last question and our favorite question what was holding you back before you took that step to start your fitness challenge or any other comfortable step that you've taken like you know coming from pakistan to here or anything that you know uh, any challenge that you've
2: taken what was holding My, back? the answer is myself Always my big, I always my biggest enemy. Yeah, um, what happened in the past? The you know the the pain, the terrorists caused me. The pain, the bullying may have caused me. All of these things uh, that you know, they were out of my control, but I could actually focus on. Like I, I forgot how much control I actually had, and I was holding myself back in the sense that. I was so scared of failure and so scared of things going wrong again that I just kind of gave up on everything. I was paranoid. Like the second my life started getting better, let's say if I during my A-levels, I, I would do gym for two months. And then I would think, oh, this life is too good to be, you know, this is too good to be true. Why is things not going wrong? And I'll go back into my bad habits of overeating, not exercising, sleeping late. And a lot of it. And again, even with the trauma and things, things happen to your life. Bad stuff is going to happen to you. You know, life is quite tragic in a lot of sense. But you can take initiatives. You can do a lot of things in order to overcome that. You can go therapy. You can speak to your friends about it. You can uh, read books. I've, you know, I've read books on it, like Man Search for Meaning. I've listened to podcasts. I've, I've listened to podcasts on therapy. I've done these, I've taken these initiatives. And I started meditating. I started journaling. These are the initiatives I've taken, and you know, in the short term, I thought it wouldn't work. That's what it is. This short term mentality that I had, and this is why I was holding myself back, taking these initial steps. Like so you look at the mountain. Uh, sorry, you look at the top of the mountain, and you're like, oh, that's too far." But if you just focus on each step you're gonna t- you're taking, you will eventually get there. But we just look up. We look at the yeah. you know the yeah we we just make it hard for ourselves i think it's about taking the daily steps when i started taking the daily step being better than yesterday and not going too much into the past learning from the past just learn from the past don't go too much into the future because then you're going to be daydreaming which is exactly what i started doing then i was like okay my life started when i got into king's college london then what i'm doing so my life's changed and now you know something i took the retake year for you know stay resilient for and this was my dream i got in now i'm like i didn't get the feeling i, I expected i didn't expect that euphoria my insecurities were still there and then i was like okay if i finish my degree if i get a first then i can be happy mm. you know yeah. and then i realized i'm like like what about this self like the, like i'm just putting like more conditions on self love uh, to show myself self love but I think that when the mentality changes, when I embrace my past self, that okay, that dark side, all of the stuff, like because I kind of got obsessed with productivity because I wanted to escape the insecure self of me because I was ashamed of him. But no, I switched that narrative. I'm like, that person got me here. And this person, I have to show this person the current Khushal love because if you want a fuss, this person's going to get you there. The Khushal you're imagining who's got a fuss from King's College London may not be even alive i might be i might fucking die tomorrow (laughs) sorry for swearing (laughs) i might be dead tomorrow like you you just never know so living in a cuckoo land is it just doesn't help taking it day by day trying to be better than yesterday uh self is i think my is what my advice is and starting small starting small and then you'll pick up the momentum so if i don't feel like let's say initially when i I think in Atomic Habits, it's there's a two minute rule. That let's say if you don't really feel like doing something, like a habit, for example, is exercise. Just put your clothes on, do it for two minutes. If you don't want to do it, then you can stop. But when you do that, the first percent is the hardest, the hardest part. When you do that, when you do the first one percent, things will flow into thingy. Uh, the things will get into flow, and your growth will become exponential over time. Like in Atomic Habits, uh, it says that. Uh, if you get one percent better each day you will end up 37 times better Mm. and I think educating yourself on these things uh, taking initiatives asking for help uh, taking on new challenges is how you show yourself self-love and how you don't let yourself uh, hold you back Uh, so yeah that's how I overcame things
1: Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing this. Um, and thank you so much for sharing your story. Like I think it it takes a lot of courage to go out of your comfort zone yes. and go back. And so I'm really, really proud of you and your family, the way you've, you know, overcame so many challenges. So thank you so much, Kushal, for for you know sharing, sharing this experience. I'm definitely sure loads of people are gonna like benefit from this. So uh because we're running out of time, so let's quickly go to our rapid fire round. So you can yeah. only answer in a line or using a word. So we try our best to do that. So are you ready?
2: Yeah. Oh my God, i <laughs>
1: Yeah, you got this. Okay. So your favorite <laughs> quote from a book?
2: Um, it's not okay from a book. Uh,
1: okay. Or any, quick, any all...
2: quote. It doesn't matter. Any quote. Okay. Uh, I'll, be, I'll do my own quote. Life only gives you second chances if you give yourself one first. I'll give you another one. Don't let success get to your head and failure to your heart. That's I love Anthony it. Joshua.
1: I love it. Okay, next one. So one thing you do that helps you change your state when you're feeling down?
2: Uh, deep breathing, meditating and speaking to friends.
1: Perfect. Thank you. Um, if you had to give one piece of advice to your listeners, what would it be?
2: Um, start small and make, be, just try to be better than yesterday. Perfect. Try to be better than yesterday. That's it.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Um, Thank you (laughs) you so much.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: No worries. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. It's been a great experience. I hope you continue to impact so many people around you through your amazing initiatives, whether it's your challenges or your initiative at your university. I can only imagine you are uh, going to do even more incredible things in the longer term you're such a big inspiration to us um, and, and so many people around, around you and you have given so many people hope and inspiration. Um, you probably don't realize the impact you, know, you and your family have made on people by, by starting this amazing organization. Um, and you have shown us that uh, if you truly aspire to do something with your true passion and heart to serve others, you can achieve it. And the universe helps you on the way to your journey. Uh, Kushal, if our audience want to connect with you, uh, where they can find it? Uh,
2: so I'm mainly active on Instagram and Twitter. So you guys can find me there. Awesome. Twitter. Okay.
0: Yeah. Please connect with Kushal. He's an inspiration. Inspir- uh, uh, he's an amazing guy. Uh, and thank you. Uh, thank you to all of. All of you who are listening, we are so grateful and humble to have you as part of our growing community who are trying to break. Past barriers which are holding you back to achieve your goals let's together change lives around us please follow us on our instagram page what's holding you back and give us feedback you can listen to us on various places such as apple podcast spotify google Podcasts, and list just goes on um, we are so excited for our upcoming episodes they are going to be amazing so i'm looking forward to having you back sending you lots of love and gratitude as well as strength for whatever you're going through thank you